You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I was so, so excited about tonight and, uh, and definitely felt like there was, a, uh, there was a burden of sorts, a burden for prayer. I was, I've been fasting for the last 24 hours and um, been praying all week and asked some of the team to do that with me as well, because I knew that tonight was going to be an impartation. I knew that tonight the Spirit of God was going to move in a way, and, uh, and, and like I said before, my hope and prayer is that every single one of us would receive something new. But, um, but I do want to teach a little bit around what you just saw and what you just heard, because I think it's, it's so important in a time like this that, um, that we're not a church of baby Christians. It's okay. It's okay to come in new. Everybody comes in new. Everybody, when they're first born, they need to drink milk. But we've, we've got right now, we have to right now accelerate, accelerate our walk, accelerate the, the openness that we have to receiving something new, to receiving something powerful. And, uh, and I know that, that if you desire it, if you seek it, you will find it. And so we're going to talk a little bit tonight about the Holy Spirit and about engaging with the Holy Spirit. And that's the title of my message, To Engage. And, um, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, um, anybody like Star Trek? Star Trek? Jean-Luc Picard? Come on, there's some Trekkies out here. Whenever, whenever um, they're about to go to warp speed, there's, there's two things that he does before he goes to warp speed. One is he has his helmsman plot a course for wherever they're going to go, because if they don't plot a course then they might wind up in the middle of a star or asteroid belt or whatever. So they have to have a target. They have to have a destination. And the next thing that he does is he sit back and he says, engage, engage. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to plot a course and then we're going to engage. And so I'm going to give you a couple of things, um, a, couple of, a couple of ways that you can do that, that you can, uh, number one, align yourself. Align yourself with the Holy Spirit. Align yourself in a direction. Because we don't want you to just, um, just, just go because the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit will move you. But unless you're aligned properly, then you might find yourself off course really quickly. There's a, there's a story in the Bible about a man by the name of Simon the Sorcerer. And, um, and he saw the disciples come and he saw them baptizing people in the name of Jesus, and then he saw power come on them. But because he was a sorcerer, he understood power, and he went to them and he said, teach me how to do this. I want to have this power. I will give you money. I will pay you for the power to be able to baptize people with the Holy Spirit. And they said, they said get away from it. Get away from it. If, if we give you this, or we can't give you this because of your heart, because your heart is not in the right place. Your heart is not aligned. Align with the presence of the Spirit. Align with the truth of where the power comes from. And so as we step into to this, as we, as we um, ask the Holy Spirit to come in and have that deeper, that intimate relationship with Him, that we, we know that we need to be aligned. And so what does that mean? Well, the first step in alignment is understanding where the power comes from. And just like I was praying and just like I was declaring, it's the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. And so that anybody who believes in him and believes that he was resurrected and believes that he is the son of God, that that is the key to salvation. We know that. We know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to God but through him. So Jesus Christ is the key. He is the gate to salvation. 
But it doesn't just end there. Salvation is actually just the beginning. Salvation is the beginning of a life with Christ, a life that you can live out, walk out with Christ because Jesus himself gave us a promise. He said, it's good that I should go. It's good that I should go in John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus, Jesus is the gate to receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit. And for me, what that looked like when I was 12 or 13 years old, I was in sixth grade. I know my mom spent uh, one year, or I spent one year in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on, Steve. Going, uh, my mom was getting her master's degree from Oral Roberts University. And, uh, and it was in sixth grade, and, and one of my friends, I don't even remember who now, they invited me to a, a tent revival, good old-fashioned tent revival in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I went there, and not, not knowing or expecting anything, I mean, I had been raised in a, a Methodist church. You know, I, I had experienced, you know, what it's like when the, the offering plate or the offering bag is, is passed around like Brooke. But, um, but I didn't really experience power in that place. I didn't really know what authority meant. Now, thank God I had amazing parents who did understand that and do understand that, that they, they demonstrated the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their life, even if it wasn't on display in our church. So I was exposed to the workings of the Holy Spirit, but I never really felt it for myself until this moment where I was at the end of this, this service in this tent revival, and I, I came up to the altar because I, I felt this, this sensation, this, this overwhelming sensation in my spirit. And, and when they prayed, something hit me, and, and I can't explain exactly what happened, but I know that I was full of joy. And it was weird because I was also crying at the same time. It was a foreign concept to me. How can I be full of joy and crying at the same time? But, uh, but every time, almost every time that I experience the Holy Spirit now, it, it reminds me of that joy. That same joy that I felt in that moment over 20 years ago, I feel again and again and again and again and again every time the Holy Spirit lights something up in me. And that's, that's, that's what I want for each one of us. And, and I know there's some of us here who have experienced that as well, experienced that joy. And for me, that joy came with my salvation. When I accepted Jesus Christ, that joy filled me up. And, and um, one of the things that I want to talk about tonight is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and why that's so important and what that means. But, uh, but for me, when I experience salvation, I, kn I know, and, and maybe, not at the, maybe not at that time, not in that exact moment, but I know that the Holy Spirit came into me and filled me up. And even in, in the Greek, the word baptisms, baptism, one of the words it uses to describe that can be translated into whelmed, as in overwhelmed. So I was in that place overwhelmed with the joy, overwhelmed with the sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit in that moment, in that place. But baptism, as we know, has many different forms. Uh, next week, we're going to have baptisms in here. We're going to have a, a baptismal tank, and we're going to give people, you all, the opportunity to be baptized with water. But there's a difference. The baptism that I experienced, it wasn't in a tank. It wasn't, I didn't get baptized at that time. I was actually... Um, baptized when I was younger, sprinkled in the Methodist church, little like dabble on the forehead. But then later on, I chose to get baptized again uh, when I was older out of college. But the baptism that, that I'm talking about is a little bit different. And so I want to explain to you very briefly uh, what some of those baptisms are. So Matthew 3.11 
This is John the Baptist talking. He says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be a slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The Holy Spirit and with fire. And so we, we've heard a lot about you know, baptism by fire. And, and you know, maybe some of you didn't know where that came from. Well, this is one of the, the many scriptures that talks about and that relates to the baptism of fire. And, and what that signifies is the Holy Spirit. The Holy, the, a symbol of the Holy Spirit is fire. Another type of baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. And we look in John 1, 5, and 6. It says, Jesus Christ is the one who was revealed as God's son by his water baptism and by the blood of his cross. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the spirit who is truth confirms this with his testimony. So we have these three constant witnesses giving their evidence, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And, and the spirit, the water, and the blood, those are the three types of baptisms that are talked about in this scripture, the three types of baptisms. So we know that, that the baptisms of the water from that first scripture is for the repentance of sins. So it's a symbol. You don't need to be water baptized to be saved. You need to believe in Jesus Christ. It's a belief in the heart and a confession of the mouth. But the water baptism is a symbol. It's a, it's a statement of faith to that walk with Christ. You're echoing what Jesus did, water and blood, it says in there. So he demonstrated the both. He's the fulfillment of the both. So when we receive Jesus Christ, we are saved. And then if you haven't been water baptized, I encourage you to do that because it's a way that you can bring your family, your friends around and make that public declaration statement of faith that I'm walking out my life with Jesus Christ, that I'm gonna live redeemed, that I am renewed by his blood and by his stripes, I am healed. And the last type of, of baptism and the baptism that I wanna kind of key in on, focus in on today is that baptism of fire and with power. And it says in Acts 1, 5, and then verse 8, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And, in, and then in verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Anybody want some power? Anybody want to be baptized with power? Come on. The baptism of water, repentance of sin, the baptism through Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, is for forgiveness of sins. And then the baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire is for power. So what you saw me do today, just at the beginning, was a, an impartation, a release of the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit is in this place. Now, we can't, we can't force the Holy Spirit to do anything. But like that song said, we invite the Holy Spirit to come. We invite his presence to come, praying, fasting. There's several things that you can do to invite the Holy Spirit. Worshiping is a great way to invite the Holy Spirit to come. You don't have to wait till a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night to invite the Holy Spirit. You can turn on worship in your car. You can start praying. You can start declaring. You can start, um, you can start inviting him wherever you are. If it's in your shower, if it's at home, wherever you want the Holy Spirit to show up, then create an atmosphere where he feels welcome. Would you want to go into somebody's house if they didn't invite you in? No, but the Holy Spirit wants to be invited, but he wants to be in your space. He's ready and waiting. He's excited to be in your world. He's excited to let power throw, flow through you. Just like I was praying with, with Kayla, there's, there's opportunities and there's needs that arise. And, and the Holy Spirit wants to use us to flow into those situations, into those needs, 
whether it's cancer, whether it's debt, whether it's a divorce, whether your, your marriage is on the rocks, it doesn't matter what the situation is, the Holy Spirit can come in and he can change things in a moment. All it takes is one moment with the Holy Spirit. One drop of power from heaven can change your world. One drop of power from heaven can change somebody else's world through you. That's how the Holy Spirit operates. He's part of a trinity. He is three parts. One God, three parts. And that's why it, it, it lines up so perfectly, the three different types of baptism. Because each one is a representation of a part of God. It's part of the trinity. We look at Acts 2.38, and it says this. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the Holy Spirit. So that's how we receive this anointing, this power. When we're baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, then we open up our life. We say, um, you know, I'm a clean slate now. Before, I was filled with all kinds of, of grime, all kinds of the world, all kinds of things that, that had taken precedence in my life. But because of the belief in my heart, now I am a new creation. Now I am set free. So now I get to receive. I have the opportunity to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to come in. So when do we get this gift? When does, when does it happen? Let's look at Acts 19, 2-6. Did you receive, and this is, this is uh, Peter or Paul talking to some, some disciples that weren't with Jesus, but they were in a different region. So did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for the repentance of sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had the repentance of sin, and then they got the baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus for forgiveness. And then verse 6, then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them. So for me, when I was, when I was saved, I felt that presence of the Holy Spirit come in. So the, the, the repentance and the forgiveness of sins coincided with the baptism but for for them in this scripture and for many people it doesn't always happen that way maybe there's some there's uh some of us here today where you've have come up to an altar if you you raised your hand for salvation you felt that that pull in your spirit and tug in your heart and you prayed that prayer of salvation but maybe you didn't experience let's say an overwhelming sensation maybe you didn't start speaking in tongues or prophesying or or demonstrating some of the other signs that's okay it doesn't mean that you're not saved because salvation comes from a belief in the heart and a confession of the mouth. So if you've done that, you are saved. Point blank, period, done, end of statement. However, there is more. There is more. There is the power that you still have the opportunity to receive power. You still have the opportunity to receive authority in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And so that's what I want to do tonight. And that's the second part of this message. First, we align ourselves and then we activate. Then we go to warp speed. And this is something, I like this, this, picture, this picture because uh, when you go to warp speed, it's not like a normal acceleration. You can't just, you know, turn up your, your thrusters a little bit and then eventually get to warp speed. It would, it would never happen. It just, there's no power capable. There's no, there's no way that just a normal rocket ship could ever get you to warp speed. The same thing is true about the Holy Spirit. We can't work our way into the Holy Spirit power. We can't work our way into the authority to cast out demons. 
is we can't work our way into be able to miraculously heal somebody. It's only through the activation of the Holy Spirit that we get that power, that we get that authority, that we have access to what he's doing. So we've got to, we've got to understand that, that it's not so much about us doing something or, or being some way or something, but it's about receiving. God's desire is to be with us. God's desire is to bless us. God's desire is to use us for his glory, for his power. And so when we make ourselves available to receive, just like I said when we were singing that song again, we were in that moment, the Holy Spirit, the presence was, was here and is here that when you open up, when you turn off everything that else is going around you, you, sometimes you have to quiet your mind a little bit because it's racing. It's thinking about, you know, what the kids did on the way here. It's thinking about, you know, what you got to do, whether you've eaten dinner or not, or, or what you're going to wear to work tomorrow, all of these other things like, that are racing in our minds. We've got to, to, in those moments, learn how to quiet everything else and just expect that God is going to tell us something. When we're so busy listening to the world around us, a lot of times we need to turn off the news, that's for sure, or turn off social media. We gotta stop listening to all the stuff the devil is doing and start listening to what God is doing in us. Start listening to his voice. So what is it, what is it that's being imparted? What, is the, the, what does the activation of the Holy Spirit do? Well, has anybody ever heard of the spiritual gifts? Most people have heard of the spiritual, oh, not that many. All right, show of hands, anybody's ever heard of the spiritual gifts? All right, all right, that's more like it, all right. But there are some people here who maybe haven't. So I wanna talk a little bit about that, the impartation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift that comes with gifts. Come on, somebody say that's a good gift. A gift that comes with gifts. And most of us have, have heard this, but um, I wanna look at 1 Corinthians 13, 7. And it says this, each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. And then it goes on to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And then in verse 11, it says, remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, who activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer, as the Holy Spirit chooses. So we can make ourselves available, but it's the Holy Spirit who imparts, it's the Holy Spirit who activates, and it's the Holy Spirit who operates. And so when, when you're um, in a position where you know that that something has to happen. You know that God needs to move in some way. Maybe somebody in your family has cancer. Maybe whatever it is, it, don't, you have to take the pressure off yourself. It's not you doing it. The Holy Spirit needs, so needs the need or sees the need. The Holy Spirit can give you what you need at that moment to impart to somebody else. And the Holy Spirit does the work. So what are we? We're a vessel. We get to be a vessel for what the Holy Spirit is doing. We get to be the, the eyewitness to the move of God. We get, we get to be the first one who shares the testimony of what God has done. We get to be part of the miracle because we're there, because that's how God operates. God is a God of relationship. God is a God of connection. God wants to move through you, through me, through each one of us. But we have to remember that it's him doing it. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work through us. Another gift that, it, that it, it talks about in here, and one that um, you might have heard me demonstrate up here, and one that you've heard a lot about, is the gift of tongues. 
And it's interesting because just like baptisms, three different forms of baptisms, there's three different types of tongues. And, uh, and probably what you've heard from people who are critics of tongues is they say, well, the Bible says that, that you're not supposed to speak tongues in church without interpretation. And that's true for a certain type of tongue. So let me tell you what those are very quickly. In, uh, in, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples, this is 50 days after Jesus had ascended, and he said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. So there was 120 disciples in the upper room waiting, praying, believing that the, Holy, that, that the presence of God would come. This advocate, this helper that Jesus had talked about would come. And sure enough, on the day of Pentecost, that Holy Spirit came, the presence came, and it says um, that uh, in Acts 2, verse 1 to 4, on the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard a sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed them, overwhelmed, baptized them, each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. So this is the first instance of tongues, the, the impartation of the Holy Spirit. And this, this instance of tongues, it was meant to be a sign to the unbelievers. It was meant to be a sign to those who were of different nationalities. There was people in Jerusalem at that time from all over the world. And when the Holy Spirit came, the disciples spoke in a tongue that they had never learned. But it was a natural language, just not one that they knew of. But the Holy Spirit moving through them was able to speak that language so that other people around there could hear and receive and they said like we're from all over the world how is it that we hear in our own native language this tongue from these Galileans the Holy Spirit was speaking through them in an unknown language that's one type the next type is a personal prayer language let's look at first uh, Corinthians 14 first Corinthians 14 1 to 5 it says this, it is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. And just real quick, that was when I was up here praying, I, I will use the gift of, of tongues to, to edify myself so that I can impart something. When I'm speaking in tongues like that, it's not for, I'm not trying to relay a message to anyone else. It's just me edifying in my spirit, me connecting with God so that I can impart whatever it is. Uh, so often when, uh, whenever I'm in a situation and I've got no idea what to pray for, I use the gift of tongues. I can speak an unknown language and I can see the power of God shift. There's, uh, there's times when, when some of my kids are, are uh, having a nightmare, a night terror, or something like that in the middle of the night. If you've ever tried to, to wake up a kid out of a, a night terror, or nightmare, it's, it's next to impossible. There's like nothing you can say, like I'm trying to hug him, trying to do whatever, trying to talk to him, like, and, and nothing seems to work. But then I'll start speaking in tongues, and all of a sudden there's a calm that comes over him. There's a peace that comes into that situation because the spirit is moving. And I don't know what I'm praying about. I just know that I need to pray. And thank God I've been given that gift. Thank God that I have the opportunity to speak in tongues and pray that prayer. And we're going to come back in verse 3. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, and to bring them comfort. Comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. 
And we're going to talk about uh, that a little bit more. But that's the second type of tongues. So it's, it's personal edification. And the last type of tongues in verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. So then if you speak in a tongue, pray for the interpretation to be able to unfold the meaning of what you are saying. For if I'm praying in a tongue, my spirit is engaged in prayer, but I have no clear understanding of what is being said. And this is the type of tongues that it, the Bible talks about and you hear other people talk about that need interpretation. So if I was to stand up here and deliver a message in a tongue that none of you knew and there was no interpretation, then there would be no edification. None of you would get anything out of it. So that doesn't happen. We don't do that. We don't pray in a tongue or, or we don't preach a message in a tongue where there is no interpretation because it would be unfruitful. But we do on occasion from time to time, and you'll hear us, we start speaking in a tongue when maybe we're coming around the book of miracles or maybe when we're praying for somebody else to edify ourselves, to engage the spirit, maybe, to, maybe to, to get a word of knowledge, to activate something in us so that we can impart something, so that we can actually be of use and edify whoever we're praying for or whatever situation we're praying for. So many times, and uh, you heard me talk about it a few weeks ago, when, uh, when you'll get, I'll get this little knot in my spirit. I'll know that I need to pray about something, but I've got no clue what I'm supposed to pray about. And that's when I go to tongues. That's when I start praying in tongues. And the Bible says that when we pray in tongues, we pray the will of God, that we're bringing heaven to earth when we speak in that unknown language. And each one of us has a language that God has, has crafted specifically for us. When I speak in a tongue that's my personal tongue, it's not meant for interpretation, so nobody else knows what I'm saying. But, but there are times when, uh, when you speak in a tongue that is meant for interpretation. And the Bible says that, that, that in those situations, it's good. Like, those people should stand up. Those people should speak out that word because the Spirit of God is moving. And so... The reason why I wanted to talk about this and, and spend some time on this is because there's so much, um, so much information out there that's not biblical. There's so much knowledge out there that's not truth. And so we want to bring truth around it. We want to train up and understand what it means to, to exercise and to activate these gifts. And I know for me, um, in that moment when I was saved on that altar to over 20 years ago, I didn't start speaking in tongues right in that moment. I, I know that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. The presence was there with me, but that wasn't a demonstration that, that came out of me or that the Holy Spirit flowed through me. So it, it's not like when you, when you get saved or even when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit that you'll automatically start speaking tongues. Sometimes it's a process. For me, I know that growing up, I would, I would see my dad late at night. He'd be sitting down at the kitchen table and playing solitaire, and he would just be speaking in tongues. And, and he didn't know that I was there and nobody else was around, but that was just his way to connect with God. And so I knew that this, that this ability, this gift existed, but I, I didn't operate it in, in it when I was first saved. I didn't operate in it when I was first filled with the Holy Spirit, but I, I knew that it was there. And it, but it was when I came to this church that I started activating that gift, that the Holy Spirit came on me and started revealing himself to me and the impartation, the gifts of tongues came over my life and I started to demonstrate that. And it's probably for me the most valuable tool that I have is that gift of tongues to pray that will of God. In Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit leads us believers in harmony with God's own will. 
The thing that, um, that I felt so strongly to, to impart to you today and to close with is that um, when we receive these gifts of the Spirit, um, they, they are filled with power. They, they give us authority. They allow us to do things that, that we cannot do on our own. They allow us to, to use the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. But one thing that I wanted to, to pray about and pray for and, and have you all take a moment and just and, and take an account of your life is when you, when you have access to these gifts, there's, there's something else that needs to go along with it. You see, we have the gifts of the Spirit, but then there's also the fruit of the Spirit. If you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, it should produce in you, or in that situation, the fruit of the Spirit. There's a beautiful balance that needs to be there. And I've got a little, a little chart that they're going to throw up on the screen, and it just shows the nine gifts of the Spirit and the nine fruit of the Spirit. And many of us have heard this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, uh, and as, as we close this meeting, I want you to think about, are, are, there, any of these, are there any of these areas that I'm lacking? Am I, am I demonstrating any of these fruit of the Spirit? Maybe, maybe I've been operating in, in words of wisdom or words of knowledge or in faith. But Paul says that if I don't have love, then none of those things make a difference. It's all just noise. Without love, the faith to move a mountain, all wisdom, the ability to speak in unknown languages, none of it matters without love. So the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit bring this beautiful balance in our life. And so any of us here today, if you feel that you're out of balance in any way, then at the end as we close, I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to have the ministry team and come and pray. And we want, we want you to be back into balance. We want you to restore that balance in your life. Maybe there are some of these gifts that, uh, that you have moved in, and maybe, maybe there's some that you'd like to move in. When I close the service, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray an impartation of the Holy Spirit, that, that the gifts that you desire, the gifts that you need, the gifts that you want to operate in or that you know that are important in your life right now, then there's going to be an impartation. You're going to have the opportunity to receive that. But when you receive that gift, expect that you're going to need to pursue the balance, the balance with the fruit of the Spirit as well. And if you need the reference there, it's Galatians 5, 23 for the get for the fruit of the Spirit as well. And I want to close this with this verse before we pray with some people. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. And this is what I was referencing before. If I could speak in all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So why don't we do this? Why don't we all stand to our feet? And I'm going to take a few moments now, and I want to pray a prayer of impartation over you. But before I do that, I have to give you an opportunity. I have to give an opportunity right now. If anybody hasn't taken that first step, the gate, the path to salvation, the way that you access the Holy Spirit and all of these gifts and all of this fruit, fruit is through Jesus Christ. So right now, with every 
head bowed, every eye closed. If there's anybody here who hasn't done that, who hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, who hasn't opened up the gate, the access point to all of these gifts, all this fruit, I'd love to pray with you now. So if that's you today, if you want access to all of these gifts, if you want to have a life filled with power, baptized in the authority of Jesus Christ, you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior, you believe in your heart that he's the Son of God and that he was raised from the dead. If you're making that statement of faith right now, would you lift up your hand? I'd love to pray with you. See that hand. God bless you. God bless you. Who else is there? Making that statement of faith, that access point. Once I see your hand, you can put it down. Anybody else today? This is the key. This is, this is the most important decision, the most important statement that you'll ever make in your life from that belief in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And with the confession of mouth, you are made righteous in him. Anybody else here today? So good. Why don't we pray this prayer? Everybody here today, especially if you lifted up your hand, just say these words. Simple prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for saving me, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I repent of my sins. I claim that heaven is my home and God is my Father. And I will walk out my life in a way that honors him. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So proud of you. After the service, somebody's going to come and give you a gift and pray with you. But right now, I want to take a moment and, and have an impartation of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you're at right now, just start uh, opening up your life to receive. Start expecting that you're going to get something new today, that God has a gift for you, that he has an assignment for you, that, uh, that there's people in your life that need you to accelerate, that need you to jump to warp speed, that need you to do something that you've never done and open up and receive, receive the gifts of the Spirit. Heavenly Father, right now, God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit, your presence in this place. God, I thank you for an impartation of the gifts of the Spirit, God. All of these gifts that are used for the edification of the body, for lifting up others in need, God, we thank you, God, that the spirit of healing is flowing, wisdom and knowledge, discernment, tongues, God, interpretation. God, I thank you for all of these gifts, the power and the authority that we have through a baptism with Jesus Christ by water, by blood, and God, right now by fire in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit would flow into these lives, would flow into these hearts, that each one of us would grow to a, a deeper level of intimacy with you, God. We thank you for the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence in this place, God, that you're moving right now, the authority right now, the impartation right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for right now the balance, the balance of the gifts, the gifts with the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God, if there's if we're lacking in any of these areas, God, we thank you for a restoration of balance. And I'm going to invite the ministry team to come to the front now. And if you feel like there's an imbalance in any of these areas in your life, if you feel like you're, you're not demonstrating all of that fruit, or maybe there's an area of that fruit that you would like to get stronger in, that you'd like to grow deeper in, that you'd like to, to encounter His presence in that area more. Maybe there's a, a gift specifically that, that you know 
is important for you right now, that you desire, you can come to the front and the ministry team is going to agree with you that you receive that gift, you receive that impartation. So right now you can begin to come, begin to move, allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. Come to the altar and, and allow this team to pray with you. They're going to agree that you have received. They're going to agree that you're in a position to receive the impartation of the Holy Spirit. Desire the greater gift. Desire to move in a way that you haven't done before. Desire that God would show up in your life. Desire the power and authority to cast out demons, to see miracles happen. What is it that you know needs to happen right now in your life? What is it that you're desiring? What is it that you feel God moving right now? He's stirring something up in your spirit. And if you're still in your seats, maybe you're, you're good where you're at, just begin to pray. Maybe if you have a prayer voice, lift up that prayer voice. Start to lend your faith to this atmosphere environment. Let's, let's create this atmosphere, this, this place where the Holy Spirit feels welcome to come. I'm going to have the team, team sing that song again. Holy Spirit, come. Maybe if you're wherever you're at, just start to sing that song. Start to declare the Holy Spirit. Allow him to come into your life. Invite his presence into your world right now. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.